here are the facts. In the black community, over 70% of individuals are classified as overweight or obese. The leading cause of death is heart disease, cancer, and stroke. And despite what you've been told, did you know that your genes play less than a 10% role in you getting a chronic condition such as high blood pressure, high cholesterol, type 2 diabetes, or obesity? These are all what we call lifestyle diseases. So what does that mean? A simple change in your lifestyle can change the outcome in your life expectancy, both for yourself and future generations. And I recommend the number one way of doing that is by adopting a whole food plant-based lifestyle. A whole food plant-based diet is the only diet that has been scientifically proven to prevent and reverse the number one cause of death in the United States heart disease. Over 600,000 people die every year from this condition and it can be arrested by changing our diet. We can lower cholesterol, lower blood pressure, reverse obesity, reverse type 2 diabetes, all by changing our diet and adopting a whole food plant-based lifestyle. And I believe I have one of the best programs that allows you to do just that. My signature course, Farm to Table, that's farm as in P-H-A-R-M, pharmaceuticals to food. That's right, my signature course walks you from wherever you are to adopting a whole food plant-based lifestyle, eliminating animal products, refined sugars, processed oil, excess sodium, and processed food that is chock full of colorants, dyes, chemicals, and preservatives, which essentially lays the foundation for many of the chronic diseases that we suffer from. So if you are interested in completely reversing those chronic conditions, getting off of those prescribed drugs, and using food as medicine, you want to do yourself a favor and check out farmtotablecourse.com. That's farmtotablecourse.com. Farm is P-H-A-R-M. Learn all about the curriculum, hear from our alumni students, and do yourself a favor and start over fresh and change the outcome for yourself and future generations. I made this podcast for my sons. This podcast is not political. This podcast is for the people. It's for the fathers. It's for the sons that will be fathers of the sons and the daughters that do have fathers. This episode is for my boys. This episode is for the mothers who want a better relationship between their children and their fathers. This episode is for the mothers who, who's trying to learn how to create a better relationship between their children and their children's father. This episode is for the mother who may not have had her father, but want a better father for her children. Okay, so um, you are listening to The Fathership Project, and I have a very, 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 extremely uh, special guest host, um, or or just host, I don't know, what would you be, like, I don't know. I'm a host every time I come on the show. So I'm saying you're a host, so it's like, it's weird to say you're a guest. But so, I'm, I'm actually a host because you're, you're a, a host. host. 
and because we're one then that makes me a host too so i have a fathership podcast as well because that's not true (laughs) whatever i I, I, I tried i mean but yeah so i have my wife this is a vision coach CEO and visionary or co-CEO of Chase Great Enterprises, Latoya Early. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Co-CEO? Yeah. So who's the C- who's the other CEO? <laughs> Me. <laughs> no. If I'm not the host of the Fathership Project, then you not the you're, CEO. But you're the, see, I, I rebuke the spirit of Eve right now. Oh. Because you're not in charge. You are help me, right? So I'm so you're helping me meet my goals you know and i thought about that the other day it's funny when you just this is super random i was thinking about that like man you know i want to become a millionaire and then your your business is doing phenomenal right and i'm thinking about man help me he didn't say that i had to do it you had to help me meet my goal and so i'm helping you meet, meet my your goal. millionaire that's crazy that's because crazy that's god because that's i mean that's literally it so that's hilarious you're hilarious this is hilarious but no, so seriously, man, this is my wife, um, who was a frequent. She was actually a host uh, with me on Live with Me Drill for the duration of that show um, for a large, large sum. So um, she's still a guest, um, which is going to be interesting because she doesn't even listen to this show. Did so. you really just put me out like that? It is what it is. Listen, I am not a routine. You're not. First of all, you're not a man. That's for number one. So you're I'm not, not your, I'm not your not audience. audience. However, or my target audience. You're not right. My target I'm not your audience. audience. I'm not your target audience. Mm-hmm. But I am also not a podcast listener. So I am a fan of audiobooks. I am a fan of audiobooks. That's the only thing that I listen to. I can't even say that I listen to music like that. You really don't. So, so I'm sorry. And I'm not offended. But but she's going to listen to this show. I am because I'm on it. Right. Exactly. So views um, up. <laughs> I mean, nope. Listen streams up, up. Streams up. up. Listeners okay. up. Yeah. Wait, where you hear that from? I don't know. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. My wife um, came to me today. Because you was watching. What you watching? Is it? Hold on. Is this something that we can promote? I or something that you want somebody else? Somebody I haven't watched it all the way yet. So, okay. I don't, I don't so want any, to say the name yet. Okay. So, anyway. So, my wife came into the room today and wanted to talk to me about something that's actually very, <laughs> it's very near and dear to our current situation in our life. Um, but it's also something that we see that just plagues people, um, that people struggle through, um, whether they are experiencing it themselves or they're the byproduct of it. And, um, I think it's a, I think it's a worthy conversation. So, um, I decided to have her come in and say, we might as well just talk about it. Um, do you want to, okay. For the listeners who don't know, give them a little bit of, uh, a little a little bit of toya so they know who they listening to like why should why 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 do you even like why does she even care what like why, about? why does your opinion even matter right. no yeah. um outside as of... grace, yeah as gracefully as possible that makes sense what I'm saying? no well we don't want to be taking shots oh no but no outside of being a you know a vision coach um of chase great enterprises of being a mom of being a wife all of that good stuff, you know, I really have a passion for the Fathership Project. And I really have a passion for the reconciliation between fathers and sons because I've seen it. You know, I've I've seen the I've seen the results of relationships where oh, the father perfect. was broken. Yeah, yeah. No, that's perfect. Keep going. I'm just saying I was thinking about that. One well 
this is happening in real time. No, but I wanted to stop you right there. This also, and you probably don't even recognize this. The, one of the, why Father Reconciliation matters, or why, you know, wh why you have a perspective, is that when we first got married, that kind of had to take place with you and your pops. You remember? Yeah, yeah. And it was, remember, it was because we did a radio show, and we were just Ooh, talking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was just yeah, trying yeah, to think yeah. about that. We so, did, yeah. I wrote a book, my very first book, I published back in, dang, like 2014. It was, it yeah. was 2013? Or maybe 2013. Say, it was like, like, you was doing this while we, you were pregnant still. Yeah, it might have been 2013, and so the book was Deliver Me For Me, and it's so ironic And we still how, have copies, Yeah. so we, if we, anybody we, listens to this, we can give out free copies? Absolutely, if you want a copy, just uh, email. Yep, yep, we'll, I'll, yep, email, I'll put some likes, I'll do a video, I'll, I'll promote, yep, we're gonna give out free copies. And, I'll, and we can definitely give out Men, free copies. fellas. For deliver me for me, me and ladies, ladies, everybody, everybody can read it. Absolutely, it, it is definitely uh, um uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, universal read, and so read talking about the book. When I wrote the book, it's so ironic how the Holy Spirit used me in this book because He had me tell stories from perspectives of women who had been abused in some sort of way, and so some of the stories, of course, I've never experienced. However, He just he just gave me the words to say well, how many people came to you after reading the man, book and was like man, man, this man. was me and how did you know or listen this like, the, yeah. the book was a blessing and i and i to this day i'm just so grateful you know for god allowing me to or to, for using me for that point in time to minister yeah. to people um but one of the chapters in particular was called daddy's girl and so i'll never forget when i was on a radio show about the book promoting the book and we were talking about uh daughter father relationships mm -hmm. and so my dad got extremely offended mm -hmm. because of some of the things which that i a, said which was a bless which was a, a huge blessing so let's absolutely back, so let's backtrack so so that interview came that i was also a part of and we talked about how my wife struggled with being a wife because of some of the uh, issues that she had with just what a man was supposed to be in the house. Yeah. So when she met a man and married a man, and I and I, I used man very loosely when I was younger, because I was still a I was a man, but I was a young man. So and I'm talking about mentally and just how I carried out life. And so we had a lot of butting of heads because before that time, submitting. Um, understanding what a man is even in a house his role how is it how is it supposed to look how does it get carried out you know with children and all of that was a huge challenge because she was used to being in a female mother woman which is i mean woman, dominating mother, dominant environment, environment absolutely you know what i'm saying so and yeah. and my dad was my dad has been a my dad has been a part of my life in my house. entire mm -hmm. life mm -hmm. I, I grew up with my dad i lived with my dad but the difference was he wasn't a part of my he was, life. He wasn't present. So. Because you can be there and not be present. Absolutely. And so my, my siblings, my father's other daughters or other children, well, other daughters, um, we used to like bump heads a lot when I was younger because of the whole, you have dad and I didn't, right? And so this is funny now. And, and I've, I've shared this with all of my siblings. All of my sisters know I love them. So this is we have we have relationships and so there's no love lost there between us but i will say all the time listen if you want him come get him <laughs> like mm -hmm. him being a part you know him being in the household didn't mean that i had the daddy daughter relationship that they assumed that we had and so one of my sisters who i just absolutely love so much she came and lived with us and so when she, and maybe her 
high school time. And when she came to live with us, the love for me just changed, you know, because she was able to see like all this time I had this resentment. I'm jealous of you thinking that you're getting something that I'm not. And you getting it worse because right. this man is in your house and he'll the, go and close the door. So, that, so, that, so there's actually a more, um, I actually just shared that on my website, but I'm not done with that yet. So anyway, but there, the, the presence of a father that directly rejects you. So this is a person that's in your life, mm -hmm. but not present, active, or taking interest. Mm -hmm. And anything you do. does the same, if not worse. I was going to say, it's actually not more, worse. More damage to the child yep. because of the direct display of rejection. Because, because there's an assumption of rejection and the feelings of rejection when they're just not there, when they're absent. But when you have a willfully rejected parent, rejected child, that is confronted with that every single day or weekly if the father comes and picks up one kid and not you or like there there's so many different dynamics but that kid gets hit harder because there's no assumption there you legit just choosing not to be a part of my life um and that was um and that was that's an interesting thing because on the surface you know we sit there and you know oh your parents are living in the house with you yeah. you got it all yeah and it's like but it's so much more to life as my as my boy Jay said that God God woke us up but to live, what do you say? You like to live? I'm gonna need to you. live is a choice. Hold on. I'm gonna need you to having know having life is is God. But to live I, You still butchering it. You can't be quoting people and you can't yeah. remember what Basically the quote is. what it is is just there's a choice that comes into play. Then you so just because I live in the house, <laughs> yeah, because his 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 quote was probably garbage anyway. So to to be in the house as a parent is not enough. So you, I'm here, ain't I? No, that's that. That's, that's, that's not enough. Not that's enough. really good. That's really. That's good. not enough. So anyway, so okay, so that dynamic, and that's a whole nother show. Just you know, you living with my dad, and that which is yeah. actually a pretty dope title. Anyway, that is a good title. So we had this whole conversation on the issues of me marrying a woman who isn't, who didn't come from a home where the father was active uh, in the house. You know, correct. So we butted heads. Because there was a there was a power struggle. Like I said, my wife struggled with the listen, with the spirit of listen, Eve and Jezebel. Listen, Jezebel, that is that is was that Jezebel. So that's not even the right term anyway. You sure? I'm positive. Let me let me ask uh this witch Siri. Oh, so a, listen, she's a witch. She's a witch the friend. problem was is the, the my toilet was broken in my house. Right, I needed the. <laughs> is that what? That's where it started. What else? Yes, the the you know how when you lift the top of the toilet off the little thing that. It, I don't even know. That hey, yo, I, don't, the I don't remember this. I don't. I don't remember this at all. That's it was hilarious. broken, or it wouldn't lift, or whatever, right? So I'm asking Demetrius. This was during. I think were we married yet? I don't know. But we this was during the time where I asked him to fix the toilet, and he like, okay, all right. And no, just we weren't married. Was, it was this Milton? Yeah, it was. We it was at Milton. Oh, so we were so married. We so I'm like, can you go fix the toilet? He like, no, I no. He didn't tell me no. He said he'll do it. He'll get to it. He'll get to it. Well, in between time, guess what? I got to keep doing, lifting up the top of the toilet to lift up oh, the yeah. thing to flush I, it. It was yeah. in the in the downstairs bathroom. Uh -huh. <laughs> so we got into this big thing because guess what? Your girl did. I went and YouTube how to fix the toilet. And so you sure it was the toilet? No, it wasn't the toilet. It was the it toilet. Was, it was the tub. No, it was the toilet. Oh, so I we remember. Had, so we had a mess up. Because I remember we had the tub where you had to pull the thing up through the hole. What? That was the other house. I'm not even talking That's about crazy. that. That's crazy. Y'all see where we came from? That's crazy. <laughs> I'm not okay, talking yeah. about that. But you remember that tub? 
that the drain wouldn't go out unless we had to pull the little string up. Oh yeah, I do that's remember that. Wild. Okay, that's crazy. But, but yeah. anyway, <laughs> so that's where this whole conversation we came was, from. He was so poor. <laughs> You're so terrible. That's where this whole conversation came from because he wouldn't fix the toilet. And so... No. I, I, mind y'all, I was working 12 to 14, 7 days a week. It don't matter. At this time. I so needed a toilet. It, it wasn't that I chose not to. It was that I was unable to do it on her time. Oh my gosh. What? That's, that's How is it that. my time when the toilet needs to work all the time? But you can pull it up. It, it wasn't broken. It just wasn't convenient to your comfort. So you want to be. See, let me tell you what the Lord says sometimes. Sometimes it's not about your comfort, right? It's about the ability, right? So you you weren't comfortable. This is why we can't do a show together. But you had the ability <laughs> to still get it done. That's a word for somebody. I don't know who that was for, but that was for somebody. No. No. But no, so right. So so I come home, did I come home and catch you doing it? Come home and she's up under the toilet, right? Were you pregnant? You I don't been know. I've, I've been right. pregnant so long. Pregnant, working on this toilet. So I'm mad. We get into this big old argument. But then I find out hearing stories about how her mom would kill mice with her hands or feet. Yeah, she stumped on stumped it. Stumped on a rat. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just did all this barbaric, weird, scary stuff. <laughs> um, working on toilets after working two jobs. Like So So they lived in a world where the woman was, the, was, was everything. Let me tell you though, let me tell you how, just real quick, and I know we, we're talking, the, the subject of this uh, discussion is something totally different, but let me tell you how, with you just making that statement, that I was raised in a household, not necessarily that was gender specific on what roles needed, or what roles needed to be filled, mm -hmm. but what needed to be done. And so in my mind, because my mom did work several jobs, my mom did, you know, make sure that the, if the cabinet was falling off, she tightened it. Mm -hmm. If we needed, my mom taught me how to change the tire. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So certain things which, that my mom which, did. Now, now, now in return though, and this is why there has to be balance because it sounds weird, but young women should know Absolutely. how to flip a tire because I'm going to just be honest. Check your oil, all Check of Check your that. oil because let me tell y'all something. There is a... I'm just gonna be honest. There is a dude, right? There's a spirit in a dude out here that will do all that stuff, but the cost is way more dire. Um, and I don't want to be too graphic, but Thank I, you. I'm just because saying but, because I'm, I'm just saying, like, but but the dad, but for real. So you don't want to be that until you become a wife and you know responsibility shift, or y'all just got enough money because I'm not checking nobody well either. That's what pet boys and them people is for. That's God. God made their purpose. My purpose. It's fathership, not checking. But oil you lights. still need to teach your children how to check things. How to because here's the thing, and we we battle through this back and forth with us, you know, advancing in our careers. Phones charged so they can go on YouTube. No, and YouTube absolutely not. Your oil. No, absolutely I do. not. I do. With okay. us advancing, you know, in our professions and things are getting better for us. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that our children won't see that we had to figure out as children. So what I will say is I wish my dad was the one who so taught me how to change a tire or check my oil or whatever the case may have been. But what this did for me is it actually uh, handicapped me in business for a very long time because I was conditioned I was to believing that, to that I could do everything on my own. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? So there were no roles. No one had responsibility. It made you self-righteous. 
made yourself righteous. That's yeah, another word. Kinda. That's that that word just I'm here, I'm here to re- I'm here to rebuke you though. No, that's whatever. My that's my purpose. So that so that's another thing mm-hmm. that we have to be mindful of. So you were trying of. to do everything. So I was trying so to do everything. De- oh, and, and so a I good couldn't leader, delegate. And you can't be a good leader if you can't delegate. Absolutely. I don't care what nobody tell you how bossy you are, it's Absolutely. not delegation. That's being that's bossy. That's it. And so I had to like really be freed from mm-hmm. and it's that. T- and it's tough because that comes with trust. Um it comes with it comes with a lot of things. So and these are dynamics of just a father father daughter relationship absolutely right? and um, it's stem and and this was so crazy and I, this is not a shameless plug well it might be but in my book <laughs> the 12 steps um my 12 step six figure success system i talk about how we may assume that our businesses aren't growing because we don't have x y and z right, right? okay but we don't take the time to do the internal work. Mm-hmm. So I struggled in the first several years of my business, not because I didn't have a good product, but because I was too prideful to ask for help. The framework was the framework was up. But the I was too prideful to ask for help because in my home, wait a minute, help was rejected for number one. So when mommy asked for help, dad, I'll never forget when my mom wanted my dad to get a second job. My dad told my mom, Two jobs are for two people. That's a word. Because I agree. Not if two your jobs. kids, not if your household is struggling. Y'all need to figure it out and do I, whatever I, y'all I, need to do. No, listen. I get it. But two jobs. Let me tell you I something. Cannot. I bet you if we go back in time, there was some financial literacy that was lacking in that home. It was. Where two jobs. So two people. Because your mom had a job too. Yes. So you had two. She actually had three jobs. Exactly. So you got five jobs <laughs> in the house. <laughs> and we still And y'all it. need six. So two jobs is for two people. Now, no, 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 I'm not gonna take it off. First of all, I, it's funny because of it's the statement isn't wrong, but it's when it was applied. That's but when hilarious. it was when it was applied, because he was, was like terrible. basically said like I hear what you saying, but this goes back to your toilet thing. So this is where you got it from. Your dad was wanted to be comfortable. That's why he didn't want to go get the second job. Just like you needed me to come and fix this toilet. When the toilet was fine, you just had to lift the thing and pull it up, which. The toilet was not Comfort. fine. All you have to do is pull the string up. I'm just saying that this is where you got it from. You say, you say, listen, a toilet supposed to pull itself up. He say two jobs for two people. But like I said, we. But can, I'm I, just saying we get that that conversation though. Now that I'm saying this, that makes, makes so All the much world. sense of how in my household. So you watch these two dynamics now, and, and it's interesting because you took on to your mom, but you could have took on to your dad's, which in that aspect, in that time, you know, God, God rest his soul, he was lazy. He was so, like, chilling. So, exactly. So, 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 so it was a blessing that it failed the way it failed. But because um, we would still be trying to figure out how to pull up a toilet uh, right. plunger if exactly. I had to taken the the traits and the. You just would have waited. We would have sooner or later just bought a new house. We right. moved. We had to move anyway. But so we had this conversation on this radio show because me and my wife bumped heads a lot. Um, my wife comes from a very very female dominated dominated world yeah. from her aunts her, like there there's just so many powerful and strong women and i'm not saying there's not strong men but i'm just saying that she's predominant that, that's predominantly women it's a bunch of women it is it's a bunch i of mean us. it wasn't until this generation where all the boys would start even really being born like yeah. my boys my niece my nephews yeah. like we only got one well, we got two nieces right but this it's all boys so mm-hmm. so the so the change so the shift god this, let me tell you something let me can I tell you what god just showed me look this is so was so crazy I came into my wife's life 
and then the shift happened where now there are men being birthed into the family. Just, first of all, so uh-uh. God came to sent me to restore no, I'm the, sorry. the Yarbrough Wilson land. Oh my God. I need to be in somebody's false teaching church. I had, I had ne- <laughs> Woo! Somebody is out here false prophesying and they are missing one of their main prophets. No, no. I had nephews way before now. But I totally understand that perspective. But my thing was... I needed to really understand, you know, or really separate myself from that type of thinking because in that moment, you know, with building out my business, with getting myself growing my business, I didn't know that some of these household routines or some of these household um, behaviors were inflicting me in my business. So for us to sit here and talk about how I watched my mom work three jobs. And so on my end, of course, I consider that to be, you know, an independent, strong woman. I have to figure it out. If if I can't do it, then nobody can. And then, of course, seeing the rejection of help, it really trickled over into my business. And so it took a lot. Us having this conversation is really making me realize all of the areas that God has truly healed and delivered me in. Because fathership is real. It is. That impact, and it's important. That impact. So you think, oh well, I can, you know, I can, I can, I'm okay. I didn't have my dad in this aspect. I didn't have my mom. Like the relationship between your parents trickles. Listen, in your entire being. There's a difference. Hear, hear me out, moms. There's a difference between being strong enough to endure and healing. We, we're women. Listen, we push babies out. We get cut open for babies. We go through, my husband talks about it all the time. Yeah. We go seven days releasing. There's nothing, it's nothing human about the biology of a woman. <laughs> like seriously. Because nobody can bleed for seven days and not die. Like that's, oh my God. it's just not human. So this is also this proof. Is, this is censored. But Listen, but I'm saying, I say that to say. Just because you're strong enough to endure it doesn't mean that you're healed from it. Those are two different. Yeah, and strength is even perverted because you can consider yourself being strong and you really just bitter and shutting everybody down. Like you said, you carry the whole business on your back and to the outside looking at, oh, she's so strong. But one, you beaten down, depressed and beaten like the little chickens they use to pop out eggs and then make them into chicken nuggets and put them in your kids stuff. Like your, your kid's school lunch. Your that school. was terrible when I heard <laughs> so, that. So you beat down. But you, but you're being strong when truth, when honestly you're still just afraid. You've, uh, you've had traumatic experiences that have led you to feel like you have to carry everything or it won't get done. Which means most importantly, what you struggle, especially, and this is her, this is all about her business. You felt alone 99 percent of the time. I did, I did. And that's not how. Think about it. If 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 man was, if we were supposed to be alone. Then you know we would have been done with Adam, which means we still would have been in heaven because you know bringing in a woman brought in sin. But like it was, I'm just Do y'all saying. Y'all hear we all these these shots? You know what? But no, but seriously. So what? Like the blessing was this. So we had the conversation, and we're young. And one of the diseases that I know that man is plagued with is youth. And I say that because when you're young, you are so confident in your in stupidity and immaturity that is. And I just say immature. I don't say stupidity because that's a, that's a that's a, uh, offensive. Yes. When you're young, I wasn't stupid. Yes, but when you're young, you're so confidently immature that you do things in the right with the spirit, right intent, with the right intentions, but, but it's with the wrong everything strategy. else. Yes, everything else. So we Lord. had this whole conversation about the relationship between my wife and her dad, and how I've had to deal with why I've had to teach her what a father is. Like we were talking crazy. 
Because you didn't teach me what a father well, was. Well, but, but well, sort of, because I came in and I'm being super dad and a great dad, and I'm showing you what I showed you what a dad's place was supposed to be in the home and something okay. that you did. So, so, but we still had to battle, even with how Carter was gonna be disciplined or raised. Like it was still some like. You know, like, it was some apprehension to it, because that's your son, that's your baby. And you, like, I'm used to the dad just being there, but not like, Toya, you don't got to carry him. Right. You don't got to go paint and climb upstairs, and you 19 years pregnant. Like, like we had all these, we had all these dynamics that, because of where the home came from. Yeah. So, um, and on the flip side, because I grew up in a home where there wasn't a mom and a dad at the same time, both biological parents. I was I was super overcompensating because I needed to make that thing work that I had never saw. So we so both it was, it was were a, trying to it create. It was a balance. It was it yeah. was a it was brokenness, but it was balanced. But the balance didn't happen in, our, in the midst of our brokenness. That God's grace helped us be um, adequate parents in that time dealing with our brokenness. Because we had to deal with a lot. And this is the, kind of the conversation of us understanding our parents is God didn't chose your parents you didn't god is also not your parents <laughs> so you got these human people that are human as heck they just happen to do it and you got here yeah so well well we know that god uses parents as an instrument but on both ways so but i'm saying so we look at if we, we we consider our parents to be godly so when they are terrible parents or when they're not this or they do horrific things to us or around us or whatever the case may be we're so broken because we assume that because you had something to do with my birth, it made you perfect. We forget that our parents are humans. Yeah, we do. So we do. in the midst of us being parents, we were broken. So God's grace kept us adequate as we went through healing. And the one portion of healing that we started to go through. So we had this wild, reckless, in love conversation publicly to the world or the 1,500 15 or 1500 people that was listening. However that failed. Um, about something that should have been talked about between her father and herself we did first we did and but, so my dad was you know he was a little a little bothered by it because he also wasn't an overly emotional man so it worked he wasn't like so my daddy overly i said he wasn't he wasn't overly oh, emotional like listen. he didn't go left to right like he was he was upset but he he didn't like flip out you oh, know what i'm yeah, saying no. so y'all was able to talk because some people be so offended now you well and then broken. keep in mind Thank God for Jesus that by this time he had matured a lot. Man. So there would have been a time though that he would have been mad at me and just not said anything. And I would have never known that he was mad at me. That's so, tough. you know, like I said, thank God for deliverance because he did come to me and he talked to me That's about it. It's tough to offend somebody and not even oh, know. Oh, yeah. And he would, he would, because to him, he's like, I'll get, I'll get over it. But. Thank, again, That's not either. it's not, but I'm That's grateful that he came to me and we talked about it because this was probably the at, breakthrough at that point, of us gaining a better relationship. At that, and I'm telling y'all, and from, so from outside looking in, I remember them having this terrible conversation and it was so uncomfortable. And then I watched as I would come home and she would be on the phone with her dad once or twice a week. And that's from that point. My, me and my dad used to sit on the phone for like, like two or three hours so, so at for a the rest time. Of, so for the rest of her father's life, from that point, That's, he, he we had to my eight, best friend. eight years they talked every single day after having that terrible conversation. So listen, moral of the story is not, I'm not telling you to go and blast your your, your, your family business and the, the lack and the neglect that your parent may have put on you on social media. Don't do it like us. 
But what I do think, okay, what I can see with the fruit between my, my wife and her father was, is that when they, when she exposed something to her father, that of how he affected her, right? And this is why the whole foundation of why I say that I want to connect fathers and show people the importance of fathers by reconnecting with their father and understanding how we should be reconnected to the father. Absolutely. Because, because the foundation yeah, of all this dialogue, the foundation of all of this Christ. happening is God. Because like she said, if she wasn't saved, she wouldn't even be looking for understanding. She would be like, forget my dad. I don't need him. I'm strong all by myself or whatever they be saying in the yeah. Tyler Perry movies. Like she would have, she would have made herself the solution. Yeah. And her father, same thing. I don't need, to, you know, she grown, whatever. I'm grown, you know, I get over it. I'm strong, whatever, whatever. And he thought like that in real life. <laughs> so you sprinkle God all over this. You get two people that had God been dealing with already. That when the conversation, when the timing was right, they were able to sit down and have this conversation because the foundation had been laid, which the foundation is God. That's so it. they had this conversation because God, you can't consider yourself a full-blooded, real Bible-reading, Jesus-believing Christian and forgiveness and understanding and peace is not some of your pillars. Like, these things just, they push us. That's why Christians can't beat you up or we be swearing, we keep telling y'all we saved and not soft because in us, as loving as we have to be, we sh we can't retaliate or be angry or evil. We have to push love. So sometimes we struggle with feeling like people getting down because we can't be petty. And, we can't and be and be bitter. We got we literally have to push and forgive and promote reconciliation. Like that's the whole. That's one of the whole things. And that Christianity we, does make you soft because vengeance is not yours. But that don't make you soft. You know how easy it is to just retaliate and be in your feelings. You know how tough that's you gotta be. But that's so, what so, I'm so saying. It's not, so it's not soft. I mean, it's mature. All right. It's mature. If you gotta pop off and get and be petty and all that, that's immaturity. You have to, I mean, it think is. about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know how That's hard off. it is to love. Like, the Bible talks about loving. It's easy to love somebody that love you back. You know how hard it is to love somebody who hurt you? Absolutely. Like, the conversations I've been having with other parents and other children about, like, to love someone that you have every reason to hate is way tougher than you killing somebody who hurt you. Yeah. It's way tougher than... Beating something like it's it, it takes so much character, it takes so much power, strength to be able to love and forgive somebody who you have every valid reason to Think hate to despise. You're right. So to so so the foundation is God because the blessing of this we don't see see we're starting to live in a time and I'm gonna get on the uh, soapbox for a second. We're starting to live in a time that we know that we're gonna live till tomorrow, right? So that's why we're now in a place where we're okay with sacrificing time with family. An important thing because we believe that tomorrow is going to be promised. And the Bible clearly tells us. <laughs> as long as as long as we wear a mask. Real quick joke. Lord. Think about it like this. Real I, quick I, joke. I didn't sign up for this. Real quick joke though. Think about it like this. Say, okay, so say the president come in. He like, listen, I need 100 days of y'all wearing masks. We're going to lock stuff down. And then we back to normal, right? Trump is gone, COVID is gone, racism is gone. We back, we we into heaven, right? This is where we about to go to real life. Imagine wearing your mask and staying in your house for a hundred days, so you don't see your family or less outside of the people that you live with. And then Jesus come back on the 99th day. Mm, mm, mm. Not Jesus back. We don't get to see Spider Man movies no more. We don't get. You ain't seen your grandma you know, or your mama, your aunties. Like I'm for. I be like Jesus. Come on. Like sometimes something happened the other day and the sky was kind of red. I'm like Jesus. Come on, bro. Like we waiting on Spider Man three. Just you know what I'm saying. Some people that ain't heard the gospel yet. Just come on, slow down, big dog. But no, like for real. Like imagine, imagine Jesus coming back. 
on the 99th day of you knowing that you had tomorrow promised and how much life and relationship that you just missed out on, yeah. right? So, I say all that to say this, right? I'll try to be funny before I say something real serious. My wife, because we don't know, we don't, we don't know, tomorrow not promise, we don't know what happened. We lost dad two years ago, right? 2019. 2019. August 31st. August 31st, right? We lost dad the last day of August at 6 a.m. No, for, for sure. If my wife wouldn't have had the conversation with her father when we first got married, she would have missed out on possibly eight years of being best friends with her father. I'm talking about they talk hours, hours talking to him, building a relationship where we made sure we had to go see him, taking him food, arguing with him, like being the stuff that relationship does, all this internet and texting and it don't hit the same when you be up under somebody and y'all figure out each other's quirks so y'all just irritate each other but y'all around each other y'all loving each other like you just don't get that from a from a from a zoom call or a face or a facetime you just you just will never get it so the opportunity my wife got by having this uncomfortable conversation by going to her father and like bro yeah you broke this you did this and the father who can almost say like, because we don't know, like I said, we don't know how depressed he was because her father was overweight. He was sick. He had a lot of personal demons that he was fighting. Her daddy was rolling before he got saved. Then he gets saved and not financial issues come like you got, you got to, you don't, if you ain't never had money, it's hard for you to understand. But when you rolling and then you give your life to God and now you struggling, you like, you got a lot of stuff to work out. <laughs> inside of you absolutely and and you're supposed to be a father that's why you try to understand but it doesn't make what happened right the neglect the missed moments never makes it right absolutely just like you living your whole life reckless and then giving your life to God at 45 or 50 or 22 or whatever. There's so much life that you missed giving your life to Christ. And there's so much thing, so many things that you did and so many mistakes and so much that you missed out on. But the moment and the opportunity for reconciliation is so undefeated because you just don't know what life will be after. And I'm talking about this is her best friend. This is somebody that she got to call. This is somebody, matter of fact, and I'm, it's, it's, this is going to be tough. But I remember the conversation we had before y'all start working y'all stuff out about if he was to pass away how would you feel hmm. and then five six years into relationship it's it's one of the most devastating things that's happened to the family i think that because of their connection and relationship. but but that that statement right there because me and my sister my baby sister we we had this conversation mm -hmm. too she's like i remember when we had this conversation and i and i'll be honest i was probably about 12 or 13 years old when my dad really first started getting sick I was in my room um, on in our childhood home, and I remember saying, okay, Lord, if my dad passes away, I'll be okay, right? You I got, had this conversation the, with myself. The conversation that your kids are having at you never I did, know. and he never knew. He never knew this. I had this conversation. It was it was piled on. It was a com combination of so many things. Yeah, um, frustration. You know, my dad was- Immaturity. A piece a of, of work mm -hmm. when I was um, younger. And he was sickly too, so it made it even worse. Because sick people are, you know, sick you're people, frustrated yeah, with your body. They, they're sure. a little meaner. Yeah. Um, but 
I remember having this conversation, like if he passes, but I was also preparing myself because he had been so sick. I'm like, okay, Latoya, prepare yourself. If this happens, you're good. So years pass, of course. Absolutely. That's so that's unhealthy. So unhealthy. To prepare for something to happen that may never happen. Yeah. Or won't or, happen for a very long time. Yeah, but this is this is where yeah. this is where God showed me how amazing he is. Yeah. Because even at that young age of me having that conversation with myself. I probably took the passing of my dad worse than any of my siblings, any of my siblings, because we did, we had a different type of relationship. He had a, he had a special relationship with each of us and all of our relationships were different, right? But with our relationship, he literally did turn into one of my best friends. And so when we were, when the time came and he, and his passing, this was the Holy Spirit saying, in that moment, you didn't know who I was molding him to become. Mm -hmm. And if you had not have forgiven him, you would have never seen that side of him. And never. so this is just You would have never got your daddy. You would have you would have never had that experience. So this is to the the daughters who are in that space and you like but he wasn't there or he didn't do this or He sucked. He, yeah, he, he you wronged know, you. He Facts. was terrible. Mm -hmm. I want you to think about grace and and how mag magnificent our God is and how he can transform his heart in a matter of moments. And the transformation happened over a course of time, but it felt like it happened overnight. And so again, yeah, when he passed, I was devastated. You yeah. know, I still struggle Super to this true. day. Like, dang, my mom the other day, she just had um, some surgery and she called me and she said, can you come take me to the grocery store? And you know, mm -hmm. that kind of lit me up a little bit because that was my responsibility for my dad. But you know, just being able to now look back and say, dang, the person who you were created so much hurt in me, but the person that God transformed you into empowered, encouraged, changed my whole life. Cause there was conversations that I couldn't have with my wife, especially at a certain time of when my faith wasn't at its best or at its strongest. And that was her dad's thing. And I think about it all the time about how, if, if he wouldn't have, if that transformation wouldn't have happened, their relationship wouldn't have gotten there. My wife would have been even more alone because I wasn't able to be there for her spiritually when I should have been because of, you know, what I was, how I was, how I was dealing with. So, and you know, when you think about it, how, the relationship that she had with her father also opened up a relationship for me to have with her father. Yeah. And weirdly enough, it's like he prepared us. To have certain conversations that she would have with him that with now you. she could have with me. Yeah, absolutely. And it's all because of reconciliation. It's all because of healing. And <laughs> it's all because of Christ. So, so we wanted to have this conversation because we are so tough. We're so strong in this life, right? We, we, we endure everything. We, we fighting COVID. We fighting deaths. We fighting... We fighting so much trauma and we don't need to get to forgive that person, right? We need to get them out of here. We don't need to forgive racist uh, liberators or, you know, or dictators or presidents or like, we don't need to forgive. We need to get people out of here, erase them from our history and move on. And what I think about is I couldn't imagine erasing your father yeah. from our history. Yeah. 
or not forgiving him because he was wrong. He did some stuff that wasn't right. Like it's it's not even a conversation. You know what I'm saying? But imagine if we would have held him to that for the rest of his life, how much time we would have missed picking him up for Thanksgivings and doing like how much how much relationship we would have missed. How much history, how much, I mean, wealth we would have missed if we would have never went after or sought after reconciliation. If we would have never got the opportunity. Because at the same time, many people don't have that opportunity to reconcile. They lose their parents at a young age before their father can say, I'm sorry. So for those that can maybe find somebody who not even say they're sorry, but to hear what they did wrong and let that seed be planted and let God work on them. Because you still may not hear, I'm sorry daughter or son for 30 more years of that stubborn man or you know until god lays the foundation for them if ever but i guarantee th there's a peace that comes when you allow yourself to be open so if they never tell you sorry that you open and waiting for them to to be sorry to be forgiven and to forgive them it, it just does something different man so like i said um yeah man i really pray I pray that that helps. I pray that you get some type of perspective because we're living in a time where people are telling you that you can just erase stuff or forget stuff or you don't need sometimes to backtrack and reconcile and forgive. And I'm telling you that, you know, from our perspective in this certain situation, you know, we're only mad at people and won't forgive people because we swear they'll be here for a long time. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many funerals I've attended where the child is like man i wish i would have called or answered the phone or i'm so mad at her because she gone and we didn't get to have that conversation yep because we be waiting you know what i'm saying we waiting for stuff to just disappear when you got this whole stubborn bullheaded person that may just need you to call them and call them on their stuff in love and then pray for them and then just say god i forgive them and when and you do whatever and that person may never call you but god i'm telling you god send you that peace that peace come and in some cases, if that person receives it on that end, you don't just receive that peace, but you receive that ability to reconcile with somebody that call you and be like, hey, I messed up. I got an interview with a guy. He said his dad was abusive. And he said his dad, the best his dad did, at the end, he said, I'm sorry. He didn't say what he was sorry for. It was so many things he could have listed. But him just saying he's sorry was enough for him to understand that at least, at least something had happened where he realized there was fault. Some people just not blessed with the ability to be apologetic. They but too prideful. They be so full of pride and And you got to understand that forgiveness is not for the other person. Forgiveness is for you. You know, I know that we talk about reconciliation and it takes two people to reconcile. But you first have to decide in your heart that if, even floor. if this person does not yeah. accept, I I'll, I'll never forget. I went through um I took some of my coaches through what I call a rejection recovery. And so one of the steps and this after her husband introduced that process to her. Do y'all remember the, the lesson, movie? What's the movie? The Tyler Perry movie with Janet Jackson oh, and the Janet Jackson one. Yeah. When she got when she was getting a divorce and they were sitting at the table and the husband went into her business account and told the people oh. that she wanted all of the money out the business account oh yeah and she out of book she had wrote a book and he right was he wanted saying, the book money he wanted the book money and she's like i wrote that book and he like but i'm the one that sat there and helped mm -hmm. you with the book and so forth and so forth let me tell y'all something 
every time he bring up something that he helped with Chase Gray, I'm gonna start writing, uh, um, making you sign a piece of paper. That's it. When I taught, I'm gonna start creating an itemized list for you. When I taught the lesson about uncomfortable conversations. I started. I brought up a list of pros and cons of how you should build this conversation because we went through the phone calls of having un- uncomfortable conversations that my wife partook in. Do you remember that? Where you call people or have certain conversations? I did. Yeah. Yes, you're and right. And then, and then let me say what you're the right. Lord did because all I did was plant, <laughs> and then I got to be, and I was able also to, talk, to to water. But that's where I stopped. God can't. I can't do anything other than plant water, right? Oh God. So then He gave the increase, and then she created a program. I did. That not only was it was basically just deliverance, right? Pretty much. Not only did she first go through it herself, and everybody that she reached out to was not apologetic, mm-hmm. but she was open to receive that from everyone. And then she gave it. To, let me tell y'all something. Do y'all? I'm just saying all this. Do y'all understand how powerful it is to have a, a husband that loves God that can be used by God? Because women, you just you missing so much without it. So let me finish my point. Okay. okay. I digress. Thank you. Let me finish my point. So we did this rejection recovery and, and this exercise can definitely be found in my um, book that's coming out in May. Oh, you did put that back in there? Yes, it's in there. The full process in there too. I had to go dig through all of my notes to find you it, but I found it. You put the full it. process? Ain't that the a part full of the process. I mean, it is, but it's a training that needs to take place what, uh, if you are if looking you, if, to grow if financially. If you're ready to go to the next level. What? You got to go through it. But anyway... And or I you can remember, become a billionaire or a millionaire and just be depressed and, and still want to kill yourself exactly. and have no fulfillment because you're carrying all Period. the baggage of other people's garbage Period. that you don't that you don't deserve to carry. But go Listen, ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, that's totally it. But so I went through this pro, this process this process, and I could remember calling a few people like Misha just said. I called a few people, and you know they weren't receptive. They're like, "What?" That's so random. I got I got to say, I don't call me Misha. I'm not your man's. I, I really hate being Meech. What do you want me to? I mean, I'm your husband. Don't call me Meech. You only call, like don't ever call me that. Do you call me Meech? I do not ever actually. Yeah, don't, I hate that. I just had to. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Like husband, my a, lord. A love obey. Lord is good too, but just don't. I don't call me Meech. We not casual. You not my man's. Anyway, my as I continue my statement, sorry, my thought. Yeah. Why he just went off on me? But anyway, so. Um, anyway, so I get on the call with someone, a few people actually, you know, and they're like, what are you talking about? You shouldn't have taken it that way. That's not what I meant. So I'm saying this to say that in your heart, you have to forgive. You have to check the relationship because what I know for uh, what I know for certain, if I don't know anything else about forgiveness, I do know that the person has to accept their wrong in the situation and that could be detrimental that could be hard for that person so you have to let that person go through their own healing so so women moms if you're struggling with you know that reconciliation between you and your father you heal within you you have to forgive you have to own that forgiveness because let me tell you if you're having a hard time with the relationship between you and your father and you're not forgive forgiving if you begin to have children and they spouse, have issues with their, their children, father, guess what? Your exactly. Peers. You're going to think that it's okay. You're going to pour venom and not even on purpose. You no, may not be like, not purpose because it's going to shape your perspective on life. It is. It is. As a, as a defense mechanism, this is how God make you so resilient. You literally adapt to how life is and your, and your body, your mind will form around 
and you go into survival mode. And this is what's dope about God. I just, I for real, just, this just can't. We, God, Christ didn't die and rise on the cross for us to live in survival mode. No, he did not. <laughs> like, Come on. There is, there's no victory in survival mode. There's um, no victory in surviving no, and struggling. There's no life in, in life and more abundant in survival mode. Meaning everything you do is to protect your feelings. Like that's not, that's not, that's why God wants you to heal. He wants you to forgive. He wants you to walk because you can't even push and encourage others to forgive. If you can't, if you don't even see the value in forgiveness, right? Because I'm telling you, if forgiveness was only for the other person, I would say forgive forgiveness. They can have it. It, but because forgiveness has so much to do with shoot, just yo, if y'all, if y'all, you know, people who listen to this and don't really, you know, I don't really mess with Jesus stuff. For your mental health, this is how cold Christ is. His principles will do you right, even if you don't believe in them. You just, you know, burning and gnashing the teeth in the turn fire. But anyway, but I'm saying the principles will. We do all this stuff for for health, right? For your mental health. Forgiveness is what, what's the new word? Self care. You, oh, yeah. you want to improve your self-care and loving yeah. you and all this other stuff? Forgive someone who doesn't deserve it. And it's yeah. not because it's for them. It's, it's because you. you deserve it. Because what happened to you, you do not deserve. And that person who did it does not deserve to carry a weight on the rest of your life. That's a huge weight and ball and chain towards your purpose for someone who done did you wrong because we serve a god that breaks those that's them, them dope songs they'd be breaking them chains the lady the brown lady who sung that broke take break the chains that i'm not the same people no that's not her song I digress. anyway <laughs> basically i'm just saying jesus can break your chains but what i'm saying is forgiveness is just it's just mad undefeated it, it, it is and it's necessary because on the cases that like for every hundred people who say forget you you wrong you being sensitive and tender whatever whatever that one person that be like man you I'm, I'm glad you said something to me because i've been doing this to people my whole life and now that one person may have to literally backtrack and offer closure to so many other people because you decide to forgive them and just off bail try to have a conversation is that for me yeah you could just tell me. So we're, look, we're pretty free based in here. We were supposed to talk about this movie, right? Right. And we still got time. We we I think that you should save this for the next episode because we've already been talking about this for an hour. And let me tell you. So close, so close. Okay, so this is what we'll do. This is part one. Yeah. Because you need foundation. We talk all this stuff is foundation. Absolutely. So we'll close here. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have the conversation. And then we'll have the conversation. Because I really do want to give my perspective okay. about this movie. And we could, but see, right. And it's perfect that we did that. See, this is why, thank you. This is Lord. This is why, but it makes sense that we did this first so that people can understand that this is one not coming from a place of bitterness, oh, pettiness, yeah. no, or no, you trying absolutely. to like, the, so like, like we forgive, we, 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 we the weird Christians that just, we, we really try to forgive people that don't deserve it or that don't even know that they, or, or know that they need it yet. You know what I'm saying? Like some people I legit agree. don't be like, bro, what do I do to them? Like they legit don't really understand. And you cannot hold a grudge. Have you ever been to the Special Olympics and be mad because somebody can't dunk? Like you at the Special Olympics. It, that a bad example? What? Just think about it. If you're at the Special Olympics, what's your expectation of the Special Olympics? I understand. So listen, I make think sure. Great, that's a great analogy. Make sure you guys go ahead, stay tuned to part two of this because I really want to give my perspective on this movie. I want to really talk about the whole 
co-parenting. Okay. When the mom marries and the dad, this is what the movie was about. The mom remarried mm -hmm. and or she's getting remarried Dead. and the dad is trying to show back up in the kid's life. Okay, cool. So let's get it. So let's end the show. We got to pick a song. Let's end this with some dope music. Um, and y'all be blessed. Y'all been listening to the Foster Project. This is part one with uh, Miss Latoya Early. So she's going to come back. Y'all get to hear two weeks of Latoya Early content. I'm going to send you my um, invoice too. Sweet. I'll put it in my files. <laughs> <laughs> Hey y'all, for those that can't see, cause I messed up my finger at work, so I just sipped my cup with my pinky up to let her know that I really don't care what she does. But peace and God bless y'all. I'm listening to the Foster Project. Play Air Media.